Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of the Fairly Lame Podcast. As always, my name is Dom and this is your home of good environmental news from all around the world. And before we get into today's topics, another reminder as always to head over to Instagram at fairlylame underscore to catch my four day a week news show, not daily anymore, four days a week. Uh, where we go over completely separate good news that I don't cover here on the podcast. And while you're over there, chuck your notifications on so you see every time I post a reel and you already know it's going to be good environmental news. But these are the stories we're having a look at today. So for our first story, Paris is home to Europe's largest rooftop farm and within just three years of opening, it's already producing over 10 tonnes of fruits and vegetables per season. Beekeeping is allowing women of the Solomon Islands to generate their own income and as the bees pollinate mangroves, the practice actually also helps protect the nation from the effects of climate change. The S80 solar scooter runs purely off the energy generated by its two solar panels and one day the technology could be helping kids in remote African villages get to school. Turnstiles at Paris train stations are being turned into turbines to generate electricity and if they're installed across the entire network that will produce enough energy to power an entire train line. Then we'll have a look at some of the most successful species recoveries currently going on across Europe. And finally, wildcats are set to be released into secret locations in Scotland after species was on the verge of being considered genetically extinct just four years ago. But before we get into our first story, I've got to let you know that Four Oceans July Species July cause is the incredible Mako Shark. And so by picking up their amazing Mako Shark bracelet, you help 4Ocean remove one pound of plastic from their sea, whilst also providing jobs for the full-time cleaning crews 4Ocean employ around the world, as well as the Balinese artisans who make their bracelets. And another reminder that all their incredible work, pulling 30 million pounds plus out of the ocean, is all funded from the sale of their products. And as always, link down below to their website if you want to go suss them out to make sure there's no greenwashing or anything going on. And if you're over there, or while you're over there, if you feel like picking anything up, whether it is one of their incredible bracelets, or it's some uh, apparel, 4Ocean apparel, or it's some eco-friendly swaps, whether it's reusable cutlery, straws, anything like that, make sure to use the code FAIRLYLAME, all one word, for 20% off store-wide. But into our first story. And just quickly, I realise that I haven't said this the last few weeks, but all the links for the source articles and whatnot down in the description below, as well as timestamps if you want to skip to a particular story. Europe's largest rooftop farm is currently growing over 10 tons of fruits and vegetables per season and it's right in the heart of Paris. So as our cities continue to expand into surrounding farmlands, there's going to be even more of a need to grow produce in urban areas to cut down on food miles, which currently make up one-fifth of food-related emissions. And so the farm we're looking at today is called Nature Urbane and it's on top of a convention centre in Paris. The footprint of the garden is only around 14,000 square metres, but as they use a combination of hydroponics and aeroponics, the farm actually has a production area equivalent to over 80,000 square metres. The produce is either used in the on-site restaurant all sold to nearby businesses and residents, but the farm also features over 150 plots that locals can rent out to grow their own food with the support of professional gardeners. And these kinds of operations have been popping up all over the world, including a one-acre farm on top of another convention centre over in Manhattan, New York. And just like a lot of eco-friendly initiatives, rooftop farms aren't meant to be the solution to feeding entire cities, but they can be a great way to make local produce more accessible, and maybe they'll even help reduce food waste by showing people what goes into growing it. And so following on from that, staying on the topic of people producing their own food, women in the Solomon Islands are taking up beekeeping to generate their own income whilst helping protect their country from the effects of climate change. So far, 74 people have joined the program to learn how to produce honey to diversify their income streams and prevent their families from needing to turn to harmful practices such as overfishing or logging to make ends meet. A kilo of their honey sells for $36 and one beekeeper said she can earn over $700 from her hives every couple months. And on top of selling the honey, they can also generate an income by turning the wax into things like candles and lip balms. And considering the average income in the Solomon Islands is only around 
$1.5,000, this is absolutely incredible. And as for how beekeeping helps fight climate change, the Solomon Islands is considered to be the second most at-risk country to climate-related disasters such as cyclones and sea level rise, and due to its low-lying nature, inundation often destroys farms, causing food shortages. But to help mitigate this, the bees perform the crucial task of pollinating mangroves. And these mangrove forests act as green seawalls around the islands, which are absolutely crucial for protecting the coastline from storms, whilst also trapping sediment to help build up the shore. And to be honest, I'm not too sure how to link that to our next few stories, but we're moving into the tech space, starting off by looking at the S80 solar scooter could be the first commercially available electric scooter that never has to be plugged in. In order to produce a useful amount of electricity, it needed to have two pretty prominent solar panels, and so one's built into the frame of the handlebars, and the other one's actually in the deck that you stand on. And depending on what you like, it might not be the most attractive scooter, but the two cells are able to generate just under 100 watts to charge the battery stored in the floorboard. It appears that the S80 can only be charged using the solar panels, but if you live in a sunny part of the world, that might not be an issue, as it has a reported range of 35 kilometers, and the battery can be fully recharged by the time you finish work. But they're also able to recharge on the go, and not only just through the solar panels, but also by using regenerative braking that turns energy that's normally lost during braking into electricity. And if someone decides to steal it while it's charging, i.e. you've left it out in the sun, each scooter has the same tracking technology as those e-scooter sharing businesses so they can be easily located. The S80 might not be perfect, but I reckon the idea has some incredible potential and not just for places like here in Australia, but imagine if there was a more rugged version that people living out in remote areas without electricity could use to get to work, school, or pick up food. I honestly found that story super interesting and our next one is about some different technology in a very similar place about having some incredible potential but not quite broken out yet. Train station turnstiles are being transformed into turbines to generate a new form of green electricity. The company behind it, Iverdola, wanted to transform the wasted energy of people spinning the turbines into a valuable resource. And so they worked with students from a French engineering school to design the devices and they developed a way to 3D print them out of a biodegradable material derived from cornstarch. Prototypes were installed in one train station in Paris and even though they were only at the entrance of two routes, the 0.2 watts of energy each passenger generated by passing through added up to over 2,000 watts per day. And for the trial phase, this energy was used to power nearby notice boards that presented information to passengers about the initiative, but it's estimated that if the turbines were rolled out across the entire network in Paris and spun by the 1.7 billion people who use it each year, they would generate 136 megawatts of electricity, which is enough to power an entire line. And as has been the way for the last few episodes now, our last few stories are looking at some good conservation news. While we are in the midst of a biodiversity crisis, a new report from the organisation Rewilding Europe is shining a spotlight on 50 species which are actually recovering. And so the research led by the Zoological Society of London and their partners re-evaluated the same set of animals that were included in a 2013 version of the report to determine if the positive trends have continued. They found that the most successful recovery has been that of the Eurasian beaver, whose population has now grown by over 16,000% since 1960 and has been reintroduced to a variety of countries such as Finland, Croatia and England. The European bison has also continued to improve, going from extinct in the wild to now just under 10,000 of them thanks to a captive breeding program built off the back of just 12 individuals. And finally, the grey wolf has recolonised pretty much all of its historic range in northern and central Italy, is now found in almost every European country and has a total population of around 20,000. And obviously there are many more than 50 species in Europe and a lot of them are declining, but this report is intended to give us some hope and show us that if we act, we can make a difference and bring a species back, whether they're birds, apex predators, or there's just 12 of them left. And for our last story of this week's episode of the Fairly Lame Podcast, it honestly flows on pretty much perfectly from that last one. 20 wildcats are set to be released at top secret locations in the Scottish Highlands to help bring the species back from the brink. The Highland tiger, as they're known, will be the first predatory mammal to be reintroduced into the UK, and if this trial is successful, there are already plans to return it to England, where they've been absent for hundreds of years. Just four years ago, there were less than 30 free-roaming wildcats in all of Scotland, and the species was on the verge of being considered genetically extinct due to high rates of interbreeding with feral domestic cats. And so the individual 
Individuals 2B release came from the captive breeding program that was only set up back in 2019, made up of 94 wildcats from Scotland, as well as some from mainland Europe to broaden the gene pool. But before the reintroduction, these top secret locations were intensively monitored using remote cameras and any feral domestic cats that were spotted were trapped, vaccinated and neutered so they don't breed with the wildcats. And the reason for this secrecy seems to be that there is still some opposition from the local community regarding the impact that cats may have on things like game species, but the conservationists are working to educate them. Initially, 60 will be released across the span of three years and if all goes well, we can expect to see some more join them from the captive breeding program as well as the relocation of other individuals from mainland Europe to bolster the population. And so yeah, that will do us for episode 46 of the Fairly Lame podcast. Hopefully I said that at the start, but as always, let me know down below if you're watching on YouTube your thoughts of this episode. And as always, if you come across any good news that I should include in next week's episode, whether it's stuff that you come across or it is uh, something you want to learn about, please let me know uh, over on Instagram at fairlylame underscore, as well as uh, another reminder to catch the daily news show four days a week, completely different topics that you won't hear here on the podcast. But yeah, uh, as always, my name is Dom and we'll catch you guys next week. See ya.